He's whiny. <laughs> yeah, like he sounds like such a bitch. Hello, yeah. welcome. We are back. Yep. Uh, I am fried. I am on week number three of just epic caffeine abuse. The most, the most gay stimulant, right? The most boring stimulant. Verse is on uh, day number one of total <laughs> sobriety. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> real. <laughs> so he's even more fucked up than I am. It's over. Yeah, yeah. he's on uh, massive come down mode, and uh, you know we're we're talking a little bit about like what goes on. With uh, with Twitter, if Elon continues prioritizing video content over all this stuff and like what happens to, uh, you know, like what does the algorithm prefer? Are we going to get mogged? Are we going to get totally mogged by just a bunch of uh, like video clip guys? Are they just going to like, you know, the algorithm is just going to come and massacre all of our text posts in the in this uh, face of the progressing wave of like Zoomer TikTok clips? Is this yeah. what we're going to be forced to? Is everyone going to be a podcast intern? Like the yeah, one that we I have mean, editing our clips? So, I mean, my, the argument I was making was that I feel like just due to the level of investment, it just seems like text will always be at least 50% of the, of the timeline, just on the, on the basis of just a lot of time, you just want to put something out without thinking about it. Right. Cause I, what it takes me five seconds max to make a tweet. Whereas video involves some level of effort, which in turn means that it should just be less common. But it, 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 again, it depends on the timeline. Like if Elon, Dude, I will push, say, I will say we're getting to be a lot less uh, effort intensive for this stuff, right? Like I dicked around maybe two days ago. I didn't even spend that much time on it, but I basically made a uh, script that is going to take a YouTube video, upload the most popular part or uh, take a YouTube video, download the whole thing, find the most popular section of it, uh, cut that and then put it with a background. And oh, you did? Damn, yeah. all right. I got to get my coding. Well, so now I have a, a, a playlist on my YouTube, right? Where I can go and just drag videos in there and use them. Basically, because I wanted to automate the process of video collection for our intern. Because this thing of having him go out and just like search up a bunch of like Minecraft clip videos, I thought was <laughs> like bizarre and absurd. Yeah. That's very fair. I mean, I thought he just had those on deck as a Zoomer. <laughs> that would be so funny. <laughs> he just has like, a it, fucking it, terabyte, <laughs> like a tower of just... Like in the clips. same way, everybody born before the year 2000 has like, uh, like 100 gigabytes of music. Like yes. all Zoomers just have like 100 gigabytes of uh, like Minecraft clips and YouTube. I believed it. I thought that was the case, but... Yeah, I guess we don't need to have him in slave labor looking for... I'm Dude, I'm trying to parse down and automate as much of his job as possible because it's become clear at this point that he's a visionary and a genius. And <laughs> spending his time on... Spending his brain time on bitch work is not doing any of us any favors, right? We need to free him That's up. True. We need to give him his own interns. We need to so give that, the intern another intern, yeah. Right, he needs a team of interns. So he can intern, a senior intern. Yeah, so I think, guys, if you guys are... If you, if you guys want to join our, uh, our podcast collective... And be the unpaid intern's unpaid intern. <laughs> Hit us up, please. The world will be good for your resume. Bitch, right? listen, yeah, join, his resume is already blowing up. Join the up. Discord, become the intern's intern. Hey, listen, his resume is going to be blowing up. He's like, I took this piece of shit podcast and I uh, quintupled their followers. <laughs> well, I mean, he's, doing, he's doing stuff for Open Exchange now, too, though. Yeah, it's, it's so, just a resume builder. You yeah, know? It's, it's really... Uh, 
Dude, I don't freaking know. The other really funny thing is, so you know that one, uh, I think it was like Z Casino. There's this crypto company, basically. Yeah, Z, yeah, and they tried to get me to show for them. They posted something. Uh, they, they used a video that someone posted of like their dad's friend getting like killed by like a reckless driver or something. And they like uploaded the video Jesus. and they pretended that they were like, uh, they said like, oh, like, wow, like our co-founder really like went too far this time or something, implying that like the co-founder was the guy driving that like ran over their dad. That's so tasteless. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was like a, a comical fumble. But what I Holy thought shit. was funniest that came out of this was everybody commenting on it was like, dude, like, because they went and they made an apology statement after uh, they did this. And they said, yeah, sorry, like our intern did that. It was it was tasteless. Uh, and everyone's response <laughs> to this was, there's no way an intern is actually running a social media account. That's not. Real. <laughs> <laughs> As it turns out. I was like, okay, listen, I'm going to agree with you, right? Like I will agree with you that that was a tasteless tweet that they made, but I don't know, man, I'm going to have to disagree a little bit on the sentiment about inter interns, not running any social media. Uh, like as, as a social media intern with his own social media intern. Like I have to say it is real. <laughs> they do exist. And this is something I realized too, is everyone like, I was talking to Charlie, too, about the last episode that we uploaded and, uh, you know, some of the clips that came out and he was like, oh, like, I like the way that you clipped this with X and Y points and like you included this. And I was like, like, dude, I didn't do anything like well, I they think I, our interns fake. They think every, we're, like, yeah, like everyone thinks that we're like fucking lying about it and that it's like us. But it's well, like, no, I was like, no, dude, like all that happened was I sent the intern the audio clip and then this just happened on its own, right? Like this wasn't <laughs> like a part that I told him to clip. This was like the part that he thought was funny. And if I go and ask him why he ended it at this point, he's going to have his own like internal rationalization. Like it had nothing to do with me, right? Like yeah, there, there was, was a point in there where uh, there was a point in the podcast where uh, Milk basically starts crying on mm -hmm. recording. And uh, I like, instead of responding like a normal fucking person, right? Like, We'd been recording for like six hours. I was up at like four in the morning. Uh, so instead of responding like sympathetically or normally, I said something like, yeah, wow, kind of bizarre stuff, I guess. Or something. <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> and I go and I was listening back to it. And I'm just like, God, Lucas, like this was not, uh, <laughs> this was not the pinnacle of your consolatory output here, right? Like you were not the shoulder to be crying on. But, uh, hey, but he, had to, he, he clipped my part out, right? Like, so he didn't include the, the full uh -huh. thing of her going off simply because doing so would have meant that he had to include me just like being a huge retard yeah. and like spilling the spaghetti. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, all this is to say our intern's real. He's, he's a very funny kid. I don't know how old he is, but he's younger than me for sure. And wouldn't it be funny if he was like, because we've never explicitly asked his age, wouldn't it be funny if he was like 53? That'd be uh, amazing. It, that would be so fucking His attention funny. span, you know, his, uh, his taste indicates younger than us, but it would be hilarious if he was 53. I'm not going to say his taste indicates younger than us. His, his understanding of the Zoomer hive mind indicates younger yes, than us. But there like, you go. The dude clearly, uh, he, he has a better attention span than I think either of us in terms of. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's our boss. He's not even our intern. He, he tells us what right, to he's do. Giving, he's giving us like a uh, top down direction because like I'm out here wandering through like 87 group chats with like an average time per app of like 7.5 seconds. And he's like the only one that's like uh, like he's sitting there patient, patiently waiting for Lucas to continue his rounds, uh, you know, rotating through Telegram, Signal, Twitter, Zencaster, like all of these different apps, Discord, uh, and then waiting for me to finish and then come back to him again to do the yeah. next response. He's just sitting there uh, tapping his fingers on the desk impatiently. And meanwhile, Verz is out being a degenerate, just wandering the world, falling into mischief. 
<laughs> he's just he's just the only one keeping us together. I know. Everyone's like, wow, I really like that clip you guys made. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it was great. Which one? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like we're we're uh, he he's basically just built up like a uh, like an ideation factory in the Discord in the same way that like the Romelia group chat that Charlie had on Twitter was basically like uh, how he made Romelia like all all of the. Uh, you know, basically like the playful banter back and forth with everyone leading to like the fun ideas that yeah. like uh, refined all of the things. Uh, this is what our intern has done with our discord. <laughs> he's now he's now developing like three new business primitives per day uh, using the discord. Yeah, so we need to, this is he's good. He's part of our this is like if you wouldn't get a you wouldn't have like a Mr. Beast without his crew. You need the crew to make a podcast work. Without Jamie, Joe Rogan doesn't work, you know? I know, and nobody believes that the crew is there, right? In the same way that, like, you know, Linus Tech Tips has actually been doing a really good job of showing that, like, uh, you know, like, we are Linus Tech Tips, the YouTube channel, but, like, there's, there's like, a 50 to, like, 100-person team behind me, right? Like, there's, like, three people that you see on the camera, but, like, Mm -hmm. you know, every now and then he does, like, a fourth wall break and, like, turns it around and involves the crew, and then you get the sense of, like, oh, like, this this isn't, like... Yeah, like this isn't just like one dude and his camera. This is like an enormous like actual company. You can't scale anything, especially like this stuff on YouTube and like podcasts and stuff without getting a crew. Like, I mean, like you could, like, you know, do some stuff, but eventually you need more help because in order Power to scale, scaling always comes down to hiring a team of people to follow you around and videotape your life, right? Like it's we're the talent. To- we're the talent, okay? <laughs> we're here to be entertaining, right? We got to leave the, the logistics up to the other people. You know, to, to because we don't know how ourselves. to do it. Yeah. Because we have no fucking idea. We're how to doing do it. it ourselves. And when we, we're we tried doing... doing it ourselves and then nothing happened. And then we, exactly. gave, it to, we gave it to uh an intern and suddenly our account is uh quadrupling in size over the course of the Yeah, now people actually weeks. watch it. When I was putting <laughs> hours into work to get all this shit to happen, no one gave a fuck. We got the intern and now everyone and now people are like, Oh, I like your podcast. I was listening to it the other day. Girls have been telling me this, bro. Bro, you don't understand. It's so you know how weird it is in person. You hear an Austin and a girl's like, I listened to the podcast you talked to me about. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me? <laughs> like, you're like insane. a normal, you're like a normal girl, like an actual female. All right. Well, hey, an actual female. You're an actual <laughs> female. Pretending. That would yeah, be like, so you're not funny. A, not an online female and like a real person in real life. I was like, wow. All right. We'll just go, that goes to show you. I've been debating also, uh, like I had, I had another, uh, you know, the, the female shoddy intern, the temp, the temp. Oh yeah. Intern, the temp uh, intern. She was telling me that uh, I should probably just take a recorder around and I should like, you know, anytime I go into a rant when I'm talking to someone, I should just record that shit, too, because mm-hmm. I do this like I podcast at people all the time, man. They don't uh, they don't necessarily approve, but they don't have to. I don't need consent. <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, we need to get we, we're going to get her back at the fucking in the mix. Give her a job. Dude, it's so bad, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we should uh, bring her back, I guess. Uh, but it, it's so bad. Like, I'll be going around with someone, like, in a store, and uh, I'll notice that there's, like, two or three people. God, this was so fucking funny. I was at the store, and I was going on a rant about apples, right? I was basically giving a summarized rendition of our Apple episode, like, the, number that was episode number four, I believe. It was, yeah, three or four. I was bitching about uh, because the last thing that they had bought was a red delicious apple. And I was oh, like, how dare they? I know. Disgusting. I was like, I was like, this is literally the <laughs> shittiest apple, right? Like this is Fucking every meal. other <laughs> apple has the merit of having been bred by uh, somebody who is, you know, they were selecting either for like a uh, fructose to glucose ratio, like total fructose, sh- like sugar content overall, like crispiness, fiber, like any sort of like positive taste based trait. Whereas red delicious apples are bred specifically to be red. 
their only fucking breeding breeding criteria was we want to make this apple as red as possible. And you know, unsurprisingly, they suck. They're the they worst apple. Like they taste dog like shit, shit, dude. And they and, always uh, they're always like mushy on the inside too. Oh, they're they're disgusting. so mushy. They're like uh they're like grainy even, dude. Yeah. Like you bite, there's like sand in them or some shit. It's so <laughs> fucking bad. Uh, so I, I was, I was telling them about that. I was going into a rant a little bit about the university of Minnesota and its apple breeding program and how they were the ones that made, they made the Honeycrisp apples and, uh, talking a little bit about why, you know, cause it was like, I, th- I think it was like eight or nine years ago, the Honeycrisp patent actually expired. It used to be that uh-huh. you had to buy licensed Honeycrisp trees from the university of Minnesota, oh, right? And, uh, oh, I just realized that, it's apple season. Right. And this oh, is why oh. all of it was happening was because I was looking around and I was like, are the sweet tangos going to be in stock? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the sweet tangos, uh, the sweet tangos. As, I haven't had them read, yet. I'm actually excited. I'm gonna get the sweet tangos. Dude, they're gonna be so good. Uh, but for those of you who don't know, this is this is referencing like year old content. This is for like our power. Uh, wait, power wait, fans, wait, right? wait. Stop for a second. We actually have. We can actually say that it's been a full year. This is episode fifty three. I guess it is a little bit bizarre though because we did do like bi weekly uploads for the first like a uh, few months or so. Um, so, that is true, but we it's it's almost October, so at the very least, maybe in a week it's officially a year. Somewhere around now, though, it would be a year. That's cool. We're doing the anniversary podcast edition, yeah. and we're coming back around to the apples, right? Because I was, and this is so funny too, because I was looking in the mirror and I was like, "God damn, I look so fucking good, man! I'm so fucking lean." And then I realized, you know, this always happens right before apple season, and then it goes mm. away the instant sweet tangos get released, right? Yep. The serratus striations, they all go away as I instantly gain 10 pounds off of consuming like, you know, just $100 per week of Sweet Tango apples. And again, for those of you who don't know, Sweet Tango apples are a breed, again, bred up by the University of Minnesota, apple breeding geniuses of the world, uh, unironically at the forefront of apple (laughs) production. The forefront of the apple breeding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Selective breeding. A Sweet Tango is a, uh, it is a mix of a Zestar and a Honeycrisp. Mm. And why this is important, basically, is because Honeycrisps suck now. Because after that patent expired, anybody can make their own Honeycrisp, right? So it doesn't have to, uh, it doesn't have to, like, it's no longer the direct genetic descendant of what the University of Minnesota created, right? Anything can be It's been bastardized. It's, it's a humongous. Yeah, it's been fucked up. It's a fucking it's humongous. Been, uh, it, oh. It's been race mixed. Yep, it's been miscegenated. It's fucking over, bro. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we had to find the a Goblino new, apple. A new the greatest breed apple. of apple. apple. <laughs> and my money, my money is all in Honeycrisp or uh, in, in uh, Sweet, Sweet Tangos. Tango. Yeah. Sweet Tangos, yeah, they're about to take off. This is, a, you're getting on the ground floor here. This I need like to find an affiliate link, man. I need to get a Sweet Tango <laughs> affiliate link from the University of Minnesota. We actually should be able to get Apple affiliate. We, we shill apples enough. We deserve a fucking Apple affiliate link. <laughs> it is really silly that we haven't put like more effort into, uh, you know, because like we shill so many silly products, right? Uh, and I'm, I'm we actually, have to be able to email them. We gotta we gotta make a list of the shit we we show. It's like water filters, Apple, fucking like random shit, and then see if, like they're such niche products. They have to be willing to let us market for them. We should we should just make like a uh, an Amazon store where we get like a one percent like affiliate kickback for like you know if people want to buy things and use the things that we use, uh, they can just do it there or some shit. Imagine being like a University of Minnesota professor and getting like a request for sponsorship by like us. I would be so pissed off, dude. <laughs> I would just be like, this is, you know. <laughs> oh, this is what my life has come to. Yeah, like, These fucking retards. <laughs> 2,000 follower podcasters asking me for a sponsorship for like a, like a referral link for like apples. <laughs> like, God, this sucks. <laughs> Was tenure really worth it? 
for this. Yeah, like I spent <laughs> I spent 12 years in school for this. 12 years in graduate <laughs> school for this. Man. 12 hard years of, bo- of fucking being a botanist. I was like, yeah. I was sitting there. I was like, you know, one day when I finally get my PhD, then I'll be respected. <laughs> then the world <laughs> will respect me. What does respect look like? 2,000 follower podcasters DMing me over Twitter, right? Bro, wouldn't it be hilarious if we found the professor from and got him on the podcast? God, dude, imagine how funny it would be if we like, uh, we like sicked our audience on him. We got the intern to like uh, come up with some sort of like a, he, he did like an admin Discord role giveaway. And he said like, uh, the person who gets this professor to go private, like, gets gets a special role in the discord server oh that'd be so <laughs> sick I, and i want the interview i want the fucking sweet tango creator interview dude we should actually what, just start reaching out to like random professors who are uh like uh, tangentially related to like the you know to our weird interests yeah whatever, whatever sort of sweet tango like, podcast subject matter we go off of because like i have a lot now too like i've been uh so are, are you aware of how uh you know, you know about orthodontics basically being bad in the sense that most orthodontics are restrictive by nature. Uh-huh. They are uh, so changes like if you have, shape. huh? Yeah, like changes your jaw shape and makes your like what is it mandible smaller? Like yeah, yeah. Like the the idea with orthodontics basically is that uh, it, it's usually to pull things and restrict them from growing as opposed to like grow the opposite thing, right? So uh, an example would be like let's say you have an overbite, right? Your your top teeth are above your lower jaw so the way that orthodontics traditionally solve this is by attaching something to your upper jaw that pulls it back so that while you're going through adolescence and your lower jaw is growing out your upper jaw is held in place so eventually they both meet each other whereas like uh orthotropics is you know this is like the mike mew meme field of study Mm -hmm. uh that instead of holding back your upper jaw what it would do is it would pull forward your lower jaw Mm mm-hmm so the the idea basically is that uh, you don't take something and attach it to the skull of like an 11 year old that's like malleable and growing and uh, shrink it or hold it in place. Right. Because uh, what happens with a lot of like orthodontics is you wind up, you know, like restricting the air box behind your nose or pinching off like the arteries that go up and supply blood to your galea and your scalp uh, and like decrease like hair supply or hair blood supply or stuff like that. Mm. Uh, I'm so blaming my Norwood like on my on my braces. Right, it's it's the uh, the braces and the the headgear are giving people Norwoods, but uh, unfortunately, all of this kind of gets locked in at an age, right? Like you can't really do orthodontics and have it have the same effect on people when you're like 40 years old, right? Uh huh. Like you have to be. There's like a given period of your life when your bone structure has like malleability, and you can always you can always kind of move it, right? Like it's like the meme about how. When we find skeletons of archers, they have, uh, you know, their their shoulder will be fucked up because the constant tension of pulling on a 200-pound bowstring will, oh. you know, it, it will, like over time, it will remodel one of their shoulders, right? Makes More sense. so than the other. Uh, but it takes, like, you know, that's, that's, like, a lot of force over a lot of time. And if you were to try and design a headgear that's, like, pulling with 200 pounds of force that you're, like, wearing to work all day, it's, like... Uh, it's not it's not convenient (laughs) it would give you a bit of a headache but there are things that can fuck with that a little bit right so if you have like uh vitamin k2 or you have uh infrared light exposure or you have vibration all of these things promote bones changing under a a given pressure input so like uh uh, there are a few studies now where if, if you take like an infrared light and shine it on somebody 
uh, the force vectors that are being applied through like orthodontic equipment and stuff can they'll still reshape the bone even in adults, right? And the same with vibration. Now, the obvious problem is like, uh, how do you, how do you apply infrared light and vibration to somebody who's applying a force vector uh, in any sort of a convenient way, right? Like this is this is like a very bizarre uh, contraption you'd have to set up, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it does mean that you can probably do it, and. Uh, you know, I, I've just been getting really interested in stuff like this on, on like a personal level, right? Like, uh, you know, I, I want to, I, I really want to fucking medically guinea pig myself again. Yeah, you trying uh, to get that, expand your jaw or whatever. I want to yeah, try like anything, jaw, dude. Like, I, I think I want to see if I can like move my toes back because, uh, you know, during sports as a, uh, that I played as a kid, I had a lot of stuff that I did where, uh, like, you know how your feet get fucked up from shoes, essentially? Yeah. Uh, like if, if there are pointy shoes that you wear a lot, which like one might wear for like hockey, which I played as a kid a lot. Uh, and yeah, like my outside toes are, huh? You get like bunions, which is like your, your, t- your toes bend in inward. Yeah. Yeah. So all of my, like my pinky toe and whatever the second, my ring finger toe, I guess, like I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a big toe ring guy, but if I was, uh, that one, they're both pointed very inwards. And so I've been wondering, like, can I fry these shit with a chicken lamp? And can I like <laughs> vibrate them with like a, uh, you know, like I can ring up one of my AC motors that I've got lying around and just oh. make it a vibration motor. Uh, can I fix this? And I wonder, and can I do it faster than I would with force alone? Right. So I have, I have toe spreaders. What I want to do is put toe spreaders in both feet. And while I'm sitting there at my desk for like a meeting for like an hour a day or something, I want to have one of my feet getting fried by the infrared light and getting vibrated by some sort of bizarre AC vibration motor. And then the other one will just have the toe spreaders. And I want to see if the rate of uh, toe divergence is higher or lower mm. in one of them. This is good. Science needs this. You might, you might make an esoteric uh, cure for bunions. Well, and I, I want to find uh, the professors who are like doing some of this stuff. Like, I think it would be fun to reach out to the professors who have actually published some of the studies that I'm looking at. Because like, you know, these professors, uh, they obviously, in order to be published in journals, have to follow like a bunch of, uh, you know, ridiculous yeah. metrics, right? Ridiculous rules and uh, all these other things. But they love when they find like some retard like me who's willing to just like guinea pig themselves uh, and change things on their own based yes. on you know because, little laissez-faire biohacking right right because it's, it's basically just like the free data input and they can never like uh publish it or anything really but it's great for theory crafting to have somebody who's willing to like try stuff like this or just like bounce ideas off of mm-hmm. and uh that i think could be really fun uh i've also started you know we're, we're leaning back fully into something that i've always been a huge proponent of which is the veterinary medical supply shit so, yes, you know, your new food supply. Dude, I am going to have so much fucking fun. Do they taste uh, the same? No, no, no. The, the, the horse racehorse oats, oats actually yeah. are... I'm pretty sure the racehorse oats are like absolutely fucked up in the sense that I have to assume they're grown with like 80 bajillion fertilizers, uh, endocrine disruptors. And like because they're oats, they're very starchy, meaning like they're going to absorb whatever the fuck gets put into the soil that's growing them, right? Uh-huh. So like I think they're probably in terms of like glyphosate content, pesticides. Uh, if I had to guess, they're probably the least healthy thing that any human being could ever consume. Uh, then why are, you, why are you so drawn to the, the, the horse oats? Oh, well, the horse oats aren't really what I was referring to in terms oh, of the, okay. the veterinary I'm stuff. Curious, I am I am still eating the horse oats just because it's like I had them, uh, you know, for like horses and shit. And now it's like, well, uh, 
I think it's just funny. Like, I, I kind of want to see what happens if I do it for a little while and see if I'm like noticeably like, uh, like, do I lose my ability to like get an erection? Does my testosterone <laughs> level instantly go to like zero? Uh, do I go blind? Like, is anything bad like that going to happen? Or, uh, mm, or maybe you get a horse cock and well, maybe that's the secret to the whole time. Funny. <laughs> it's like, oh, I grew and you're like, you find out the, the, we finally, after all these years, found a way to grow a penis and it's just eating horse food. It's eating horse oats. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I also I, was just twenty five percent on I haven't had uh, I haven't had them in a while. What? But, uh, no, what I what I was thinking of is I ordered a bunch of vitamin B complex injections mm-hmm. uh, that are that are meant for animals, basically. And I'm gonna start giving myself B twelve shots, but again, meant for like sheep or something. Oh, I mean, that's, I mean, I can't imagine it's different. For vitamins, no. <laughs> there's, there's probably like a no, no, no. But I think it has to go through the same FDA approval. Actually, uh, yeah, it, it's subject to a lot of the same regulation. Uh, most of the the veterinary medical stuff, right? Like it's it's still sold as a pharmaceutical mostly, right? Now there mm-hmm. are places, of course, where you can find it that you don't have to ship it to a. Uh, you don't have to ship it to any sort of vet that you might be able to find if you go and poke around online. Uh, there's a bunch of other fun stuff like Botox too, right? That uh, under Botox, the counter, little over the counter Botox action, dude. So Botox has a lot of uses outside of what people might be familiar with, and it's uh, use for like you know, can I can I have a younger looking face, right? Uh-huh. So uh, I mean, it's botulism, right? So it's yeah, there's sure there's, there's like types like A B C D E like uh, lots of different types of Botox uh, and they have lots of different you know th- th- there's a lot of weird complicated stuff going on in terms of Botox classification that I'm totally unfamiliar with and I'm mostly going to disregard in favor of just like uh, injecting dubious qualities <laughs> of it experimentally into parts Lucas, of my body. Uh, uh, Lucas gets botulism arc. It's gonna be a fun one. Well, it's it's not going to be like Lucas gets anything. It's going to be like uh, Lucas dies. Like <laughs> Lucas, <laughs> Lucas kills himself by injecting the uh, dose per dose most deadly poison of all time into himself <laughs> because he thinks it would be a funny meme, right? Uh, but no, so a, an example, I guess, is like, you know, you inject Botox into a woman's face uh, or a man's face, I guess, if they're one of those guys. Uh in hopes of decreasing wrinkles or aging or, uh, you know, basically, though, what people like to do and what women like to do and start this with a young age for is because when you inject it into the muscles, it prevents you from pulling on the facial tissue and creasing it. Uh, but pulling on that facial tissue and it, having that tension go through the facial tissue actually starts developing fibrotic tissue, right? And it starts, you, you start increasing the amount of uh, collagen like not cool collagen though, like uh, scar tissue collagen and uh, calcium deposits, uh-huh. which are both things that basically like uh, those, those are wrinkles essentially. Like that's how your skin goes from being normal, pliable, youthful skin into like thicker wrinkled skin. Okay. So this goes for like everything too. Like if there is uh, consistent tension in parts of your body, mm-hmm. it's more liable to produce fibrotic tissue i mean yeah i mean that's why you get like yeah yeah the creases and this shit. is also this is also implicated in like balding and stuff like that but uh fibrosis basically in any sort of like age-related illness you know this is like uh why, why people wind up having vascular issues as they age uh is is because of fibrosis that doesn't necessarily come from uh stretching it can that like that this can be the explanation for why persistently high blood pressure 
chronically high blood pressure winds up fucking with people because like what is high blood pressure if not stretching tension, your arteries yeah. right it's constant tension on your arteries the vessels that your blood is passing through right mm -hmm. um, usually the way people go about doing it though is by having blood sugar levels that are too high which are inflammatory themselves which inflammatory is, is uh you know it's well, also it, would obviously make it stretch because it inflamed not not about the stretching as much as uh inflammation itself is a precursor to like scarring right mm -hmm. like the way well, that your body the, the way that your body deals with and heals inflammation is frequently scarring but is that a, but that, wouldn't that not be the same exact explanation for what you just said right because if you're it, it, that's what you said like fibrosis was right they're stretching and then it creates scarring but if you're yeah like, I, i'm, I'm saying I mean? basically that it's not just stretching that makes scarring but there's a lot of there's a lot of ways that your body uh, forms fibrotic tissue. There's a lot of reasons that it does it. And uh, so it's, I, I'm just saying that it's not always going to be that fibrosis is the result of stretching. It can be the result of like inflammation or like a physical wound or something like that. But mm -hmm. in basically all cases, fibrotic tissue being developed in somewhere that it wasn't initially when you were like born is going to be a little bit suboptimal. Yeah, for sure. Because it decreases the functionality of the tissue, right? Like it's like liver, uh, liver cirrhosis, right? So you mm -hmm. drink too much. And uh, what is liver cirrhosis? It is the development of fibrotic tissue throughout your liver that impedes its function. Uh, it's, it's the same thing with COVID, right? Like when you have fibrotic tissue form in your lungs after, after they become like chronically inflamed through like whatever COVID meme shit, uh, now that same fibrosis prevents them from functioning and uh, acting as a gas exchange in the way that they normally would. because. Mm. You have, uh, you know, I just imagine that you have, and fibrotic tissue can basically be thought of as like a bunch of uh, tiny little poorly arranged ten tendons, right? Yeah. So you have your lungs, which are supposed to like expand and contract very elastically uh, when you breathe in now and out. the tendons with like mix match pat um, patterns and shit, like. Well, yeah, like imagine you have now a bunch of tiny little wires running throughout mm -hmm. your lungs that are trying to resist your expansion, right? Yes. So it's now a pain in the ass to try breathing. That, that tracks. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm here. So basically, fibrosis is bad. And I am fucking around with things to see uh, how do we get rid of it. Right? Are we selling that at the retard shop? We can. I mean, I think a lot of the stuff with this, like uh, peptides, like anything in the peptide realm of things is like, there's not a lot of money to be made in it because pharmaceutical companies can't really patent peptides in the same way you can't patent testosterone. But every right? rich person I know, well, not that I know that I hear about is taking peptides. That's like their whole shit right now. Yeah. No, Rogan's peptides, always are definitely, peptides. peptides are definitely experiencing a wave of like celebrity uh, limelight with a lot of this. So stuff. that sounds like a way to make money. We just fucking uh, mark it up a thousand percent. Well, so the thing here is that the people who sell the peptides aren't making money. And also uh, peptides themselves are sort of like, so the peptides themselves are, I, it, it's going to be a lot harder to get them to reach mainstream popularity because like, you know, in the same way that, uh, fucking what's that? Oh, Ozempic, right? So Ozempic is getting very big and popular despite that there are like, you know, like terzepatide or whatever the fuck is a peptide that has a similar, if not greater effect on weight loss as Ozempic does. However, you can't patent terzepatide because it's a peptide, which is formed oh. by the body. So like biological molecules, biologically occurring molecules can't be patented because see, you know, like you didn't, you didn't you invent, invent it, it, right? Like you didn't yeah. invent testosterone. You can't patent testosterone. You can modify the testosterone molecule and try and patent it. Uh, and I think 
you might be able to have some luck there, but uh, it, it's still not like uh, this isn't something you want to be trying to do. Uh, but anyway, so them not being patentable means that basically like the pharmaceutical complex cannot make money out of like if a big pharma cannot make fucking money out of peptides because they don't sell them they're not going to promote them as treatments to surgeries or treatments to uh illnesses or ailments like that this leads to my previous question like why is there not a market then right because they obviously can't do it because they can't they can't patent it right so they can't like do crazy markups and whatever but if you're not big pharma and you know you're doing something like this is not homeopathic, but this is like on the in-between layer. Why can you not just like, like, oh, I have this new blah, blah, blah way to prevent X, Y, Z. Well, so the market basically only exists for wealthy eccentrics. Yes. Or, or weird internet autists, right? Yeah. That's, yeah, I'm with you. Because like, think about the people, think about the type of person you have to be to be willing to inject yourself with a treatment that is not FDA approved <laughs> and will not be prescribed by any doctor ever, right? Yes. Okay. So yes, wealthy eccentrics and... So, yeah, right. So it, it's simply never going to be mainstream popular. The only way in which it gets mainstream popular is if there becomes some sort of like a like an in-house doctor service where, you know, some some company basically sets up like a medical co-op and they go around and they find a bunch of celebrities who buy into this and they become like their personal doctors willing to inject them with unknown experimental chemicals. And then enough of these wealthy clients come out and say, oh, yeah, this shit rocks. You should all be doing this, right? Yeah. Which like they so would what, probably just, be unlikely to do because it, it's then a thing of uh, oh, you're, admitting, you're admitting that your weird medical co-op is injecting you with like experimental non-FDA approved drugs, which yes. is probably not going to be legal. No, right? but, but I feel like if we get like a good marketing promo, like a good promo, get a little viral marketing thing going on, you can get the rich people and the eccentrics. They'll, they'll buy into that shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, the, the issue is just that like, uh, so if legality. there are people out there who are the rich eccentrics that want to try this, uh, usually they're not going to go out and like be reading the research and like buying and sourcing the stuff themselves. They're just going to want some group of people, that, you know, like just my life is in your hands. Uh, I, I trust you, bro. Just fucking just know, don't kill me. Yeah. Stick the IV in and just like, uh, let her rip, man. Yeah. So I do see why this might, I, I don't know. So my brain, I feel like there's a way, I mean, obviously you could just do it. You don't want the medical co-op or like just get like a door to door service. I, I mean, that, that tracks for me. That would work. Or, I, I think. Or, I think this is one of those things that it's going to be like really hard for uh, development of like a profit model for. And I'm purely doing this because I think it would be really funny to just like do all of this shit to myself and document it, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, if we were gonna off, you're like the Ray Pete of peptides, I guess. Right. Or I mean, like you know, like it, there's always like weird internet uh, self experimenter guys, right? But uh, I think that if we were offering any of this for sale, it wouldn't really be like uh to try and like make a billion dollars because like there isn't that big of a market for it right like in order to make money off of things with with such small margins you have to be moving like huge fucking volumes and like you know i'm not i'm not going to be getting like 20 million people to buy uh like weird terzepatide peptides or like you know tv 500 or something so it would mostly be so that like uh weird other fellow experimenters can deal with the sourcing on their own if we find something in like china that we could uh-huh. ship in and break up. You know, like uh, methylene blue is a good example of this, right? Where you can go and you can buy methylene blue on Amazon if you want, but you have to buy like a, a 30 pill bottle, right? 
So what's and the deal with methylene blue, by the way? I need I need the pill. I need the uh, the blue pill on our. I have our, no ironic, idea, man. I, I think pill. it's some sort of like an electron transport thing, but I might be totally fucking wrong. I haven't ever looked at the methylene. People shill it in my replies all the time, and I have no idea what it is. Yeah, or what it does. I mean, it was basically developed as a synthetic dye, uh, and then I guess they found that it actually does something cool. Uh, that's that's the extent of the lore that I know on methylene. Okay, blue. it's one of those things that I have uh, I have on order, right? So I was I was just saying that. You can buy like a 30 pill bottle of this shit. Uh, I don't want a 30 pill bottle though. Anytime I get something, I want to get enough that I can like fuck around with it forever. Like the dose I think is in the like milligram scale, right? It's like Uh you take like two milligrams of methylene blue or some shit like that or like half a milligram. I'm not a doctor. Nothing that I say (laughs) is medical advice. Do not take any methylene blue. Actually, don't do anything based on anything that I'm saying on this podcast. Uh, you know, I, I have no hobbyists. fucking idea. That would be We're so hobbyists. Cool. Dude, imagine, imagine if it was actually like two micrograms and I'm like telling these people to like 1,000 <laughs> X overdose like methylene blue or some shit. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, we are dumb. We're we're two dumb people who just try shit because we're stupid. Right. That's, like when I, I'm, I'm, I'm again, advice. I'm talking very confidently, but I have no fucking idea what I'm saying. Uh, so anyway, though, I have purchased about a kilogram of methylene blue. <laughs> 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 because I want to have enough, uh, you know, obviously so I, I don't, much. I don't, I don't want to be dealing with just a one month supply. If I'm going to be messing with this, I want to be able to see what happens when oh I, God. when I gigadose it, I want to be able to see what happens when I take it for a long time. Uh, and more importantly, I want to be able to send it to people who I like that want to fuck around with it themselves based on what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, I don't want to, and I want it to be basically fucking free. You know, if I uh-huh. go and I buy for like uh like $30 or something, a 30 day supply of methylene blue from Amazon, that sucks ass, dude. Yeah. Like, I don't want to shit people this because every time, you know, it's like I have to spend like 40 fucking dollars every time someone wants to dick around with it as opposed to effectively like I could send them a gram in like an envelope for like four cents or something. Yeah, no, I think you should send me some of this. But this is also how I felt when I was chilling up. I was about to do a whole thing on it because of queso. He got me on the thyroxine shit. And I'm like, this is, I should not be shilling this at all. <laughs> I have no idea how bad this is for you or not. The thyroid stuff is really funny because, uh, you know, this has been like long, long standing bodybuilding supplement, right? T3 and T4 are very old bodybuilding cutting supplements. And, uh, you know, the bodybuilding community basically figured out like, yeah, they speed up your metabolism and they make you lose weight faster, but like you also lose muscle. Yeah. Like that, that was just the known caveat is like, they're catabolic you don't want to take it for too long yeah you just do it before the show or something yeah like it's like there are very certain situations in which you can like not have all of your muscle cannibalized when you're taking the stuff but like so i don't know it's, it's just weird to see all of the ray Pete people come back and say like i'm taking this like uh just for the fuck of it man just like i'm i'm and for those of you who don't know i guess uh t3 and t4 are thyroid hormones they are uh Effectively, the the two hormones, there's more, I guess, but the two hormones that are most directly responsible for regulating the speed of your metabolism, right? So you can very directly increase how much, how many calories per day you metabolize by taking these. You you increase your cell turnover. You you basically just like... Your your body temperature, you feel like you're in a fucking oven all day. Yeah, you're you're basically just taking the metabolism slider and like manually nudging it up. Yes. And you will lose weight. That is true. Um, I guess you'll lose some muscle too. So if you have muscle that you don't want to lose, then I don't suggest it. 
Well, there's also uh, 10 not pounds. many people out there who don't have like muscle. Ten pounds they, uh, and like, uh, I mean, I didn't really notice. I mean, I, I can notice a little bit of muscle gone just because I don't lift as like it, it messes with my lift. But I haven't been as much regular in the gym anyway, so I don't even know if that was even due to the T four. But it did cut like ten pounds off me in like a month, so that was pretty lit. That's cool. Yeah, but I have you know ten pounds. I really shouldn't have had to begin with. So. Dude, is that that uh the peptide I was talking about before, trizepatide, that shit apparently has like multiple studies replicating this where they've had participants who have lost like fucking like fifteen to twenty percent of their body weight in like a month. Oh, I need that shit. Trizepatide? That shit is fucking nuts, dude. How do I as get far that? as I understand it, basically uh it nulls sugar out of your body in the sense that mm-hmm. you eat it and your body doesn't even attempt to digest it. Do you get like, um, does it fuck with your muscle stuff too? Or is it just like your fat stores? Uh, I think it basically prevents your body from releasing insulin when you, when you have sugar. It, uh, it, it murks the enzymes that I think digest it. Mm. It does something, I think, to your bacteria in this. Like, I, and I, I think it's not, uh, I might be, I might be totally fucking wrong here. Trisepatide might actually be patented in some sense because I think it's a combination of multiple peptides that do multiple different things. I think the effect overall though is to basically get your body as close to like just not doing anything with sugar as possible. Mm. And I'm again, I'm very much so speaking out of my ass on this one because trisepatide isn't something that I've researched a lot on my own. Trisepatide is actually something that I was told about in a call by somebody about uh, 90 minutes ago and I'm oh, regurgitating nice. <laughs> a shittier lower version a, a shittier lower resolution version of what I was told in that call to you guys so if anything is inaccurate uh, blame them right blame like, I found out person. I found out about this 90 minutes ago so this is probably I'm just repeating but I'll no I'll, at the very least I'll check it out myself because I could you know I'm, it's cut well cutting season already ended but I always do things in reverse because I'm stupid so I'm cut, looking this shit up right now, and uh, it, it appears to actually be pretty expensive, which is leading me to believe that it is some sort of oh, proprietary blend as opposed to a standard, like, uh, you know, it, it's a, just one peptide throughout the entire solution. But mm. uh, it does seem to have really fucking good weight loss results. I think it's T-I-R-Z-E-P-A-T-I-D-E. Uh, yeah, that's, hey, listen, I'm going to look into it, you know? I'm gonna look it's, into I, I think it's also good for oh yeah uh, once a weekly once weekly treatment for obesity that's what I was saying not bad huh and I that's think pretty, that it uh, I think that it most common side effects include nausea diabetes. vomiting diarrhea yeah so, so I think what happens is if you it like it it makes it as hard as possible for your body to even process sugar but if you eat a fuck ton of sugar I think it's not great oh that makes sense yeah like, I think you don't get most of the side effects unless you eat a lot of sugar. And the more sugar that you eat, I think the more uncomfortable it becomes. It just like runs through you, right? So that it makes sense. Nausea, vomiting. That's what, yeah, what not quite yet. just runs through you. Like, I think you still do. But, but you know, like it's a. Uh, it's not it's, good. You want yeah, to keep I, I, it. You I think you don't want to be eating like a fuck ton of sugar on this. Keep stuff, it as paleo uh, as possible. Potentially. Maybe it's even good that it makes you feel like shit because then uh, it incentivizes you, right? Like if every time you have a chocolate bar, you become suicidal and uh, develop horrible (laughs) acid reflux, start vomiting everywhere. I need that. Well, I don't like chocolate like that, but no, I I tried to do the magnesium from chocolate. I just don't like chocolate. It's not my, it's not my thing. You don't like chocolate. I like, I really don't care for it. I'm a big chocolate fan. I'll eat it, but like, it's not, I've never in my life been like, 
You know what I really want right now is chocolate. If it's in front of me, I'll eat it. I'll go mono food on like 100% cacao extract sometime. Or not cacao extract. Cacao, uh, you know, whatever yeah, the yeah, 100% like, like cocoa. The dark, 100% dark is. chocolate. Yeah, I like darker good. chocolate now in my older age. I like the, I like the Same. semi-sweet, yeah. like dark chocolate high percentage. I think that shit is fire. But, All the, you know, traditional milk chocolate got really, uh, it's tough now, man. I'm going to say that shit is. Yeah, I, I, it makes me like kind of gag a little bit nowadays. Yeah, it's fucked up. Uh, oh, fuck. So I, the other, the other big thing, there's a couple big things that I found on the weird health frontier too. Uh, so there are a bunch of studies that I found now demonstrating that running an electrical field through a tissue sample can change the cell differentiation. Okay. So like sounds- you can. You can have uh, you can have skin cells that you turn into like heart cells or some other cells by running the right electrical current or electrical like, but field. Like, is that like when you're near stem cell level, or is it like well after differentiation, like it like was, adult it was skin cell differentiation? As far as I saw, which was why uh, uh-huh. it was cool. They were theorizing that it had some sort of like weird ion the cha- uh, ion channel uh, like mechanism of action, but it was very clear that like the uh, the people writing the study had no fucking idea. They were like speculating entirely. Like they made it very clear to say that's like, some alchemy shit. I don't know if I like it. I it's like on, that shit, dude. I mean, I like it in that it's cool because it makes alchemy's real. But well, the idea with that is also that this is how you could get rid of fibrosis, right? Like you can, they also found basically that you can go in and uh, like turn off and BTFO fibroblasts. So okay. like, but that's you, actually all right. So if we use it for being sexy, I like that. That's better. Well, not even for being sexy, just like not dying, right? Like if you can, if you can go in and you know, because accumulation of fibrotic tissue is how like body parts age and die mm-hmm. and shit, right? Uh, there's a lot of ways that they age and die, right? But like the ways in which they become like unfunctional and inefficient and stuff are usually accumulation of fibrotic tissue. Uh-huh. Uh, so like, again, going back to the liver cirrhosis example, you have a scarred, uh, a scarred fibrotic liver because you've chronically overconsumed alcohol or something like that. Uh, you can just, you know, just undo hook, it it. Up, hook it up to your electrodes and just press control Z. Yeah. If I can turn it off. I like that. See, I mean, I'm I'm hopeful now. I, so I, while I'm not like particularly transhumanist, I, I think that's a little bit sus and cringe. Uh, Elon might be the antichrist for that, but I am okay with like the longevity stuff. Like if you want to, like if you want to push human life to like 150, I'm down. I'll live to well, 150. There's but very clearly like, a, like a political mm. breakdown in terms of like uh, augmentation versus optimization, right? Like the the lefty types are very big into like cutting off your arm and replacing it with some sort of like a robot arm or some shit like that. Yeah. And the righty types are very pro like uh, exercising your arm until it's like really fucking jacked mm-hmm. or like maybe finding some chemical way to optimize, optimize function or something like that. Yes. But not like they don't want to get rid of the shit. They want to make it work better. Whereas the lefty ones are typically like more materialist in the sense of you just fucking whack it off. Give me the robot arm. Yeah. I think I'm I'm definitely in the more optimized, but also like when it comes to like the uh, cyborg idea, like you know people want to do the Android upload your brain thing versus the like replace some of your cells with robotic cells type of shit or like uh you know whatever like kind of get like implants and stuff like that. Yeah, make yourself a cyborg versus turn yourself into like an Android. I think that's also another another frontier. But ideally, I don't have to live that long 
that I, to deal with that question. But I probably will have to because Singularity is coming, I guess. I would really love it if they could like uh, replace teeth or stuff like that, right? Bro, it, this is what's actually fucking me up. We can do, we can build, we can grow organs in the lab, but we can't grow teeth yet. Teeth are Ske- so complicated, man. I've, I mean, I clear. I mean, I guess so because we've not made any progress on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like we should be able to get skeletal cells at this point. Well, the teeth basically like. I mean, think about how they're formed even when you're a kid, right? Like it takes like 16 years or 15 or four. I forget when your adult teeth come in, but whatever the fuck. It takes basically a decade or more for your adult teeth to even be formed in a human, in like the most optimal way, right? Good point, yeah. So it's probably very complex uh, weaving of cells. Yeah, and you have to like implant like a tooth root or some weird, a a tooth seed or some shit like that. Have it grow. And then like, the tooth, like enamel microstructure is really, really, actually the whole tooth is really fascinating. So you have like the pulp of the tooth, which is, you know, the bundle of nerves and blood flow uh, that's actually like, you know, if, if you get like an infection that gets into the pulp of your tooth, you can get very yeah. nasty shit happening. But that's basically like where the blood supply for your tooth comes in, right? Mm-hmm. And then outside of that, you have the dentin, which is, uh, it's not as hard as your enamel, uh, but it's it's fairly hard. But dentin is a series of, like miles and miles per tooth of tubules. So the dentin and it's it's tubules that basically they face they they face radiantly out from the pulp. So if the pulp is at the center, they're all going out uh at at I don't know how to describe no, this. Radiantly would like a like a circle. Yeah, basically. Uh you know that they're basically if you if you draw a line from the outside of the tooth to the inside of the pulp, that's how they're going. Uh, from any given point on the surface of the tooth. And uh, these things actually, it, it's totally unknown, like the full capacity of their function. But one thing that we do know is that they somehow adjust the pressure in the tooth. So if you're biting on something, they have an ability to like react or uh, like pressurize basically and reinforce the enamel from behind. And this is why when people have a root canal and they, they go in and they drill out the inside of the tooth and then they refill it all in, uh, root canal to- teeth are much more likely to crack even though the structure of the enamel doesn't change. But because the backing is no longer this reactive dentin that has the ability to uh, you know, basically push back when pressurized, but it is now some sort of a synthetic material that they inject inside of the tooth during the root canal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's nowhere near as good at its function. Uh, and the enamel of the tooth is also really bizarre in that it appears to have self-healing capabilities across one dimension, right? There, there's two, uh, you know, if, if you look at the surface of a tooth, there's two dimensions. Uh, but when you press down on it, it appears that the crystals that make up your enamel can reseal with enough pressure. In the vertical. Yeah. Okay. They they probably could reseal in the other direction too. Well, like wait, uh, you wait, know, wait, so wait, sorry. Are, are the ceiling is the ceiling happening longitudinal or latitudinal? Uh so you know how if you look at somebody who has like cracked teeth, they're usually going up and down? Yeah, the cracks up and down. Yeah. Okay. Like uh, imagine somebody with cracked front teeth. The the, the cracks are going to be vertical, right? Yeah. So the, you cannot seal longitudinally so i think they probably can seal the vertical cracks i think it just doesn't happen because you never apply stress or you never apply pressure that way right when you're biting down on your teeth you're sealing the cracks that would be horizontal that makes sense yeah but so so it might also be possible that somebody could heal craze lines by going in and uh you know wrapping some sort of a metal band around your teeth and then 
tightening it until you know you you push the tooth back together with that much bite force approaching from the outside or something like that. Get a little grill, and we a little diamond grill. Yeah, yeah. Fix the, uh, I like that. Maybe maybe grills wouldn't be the best uh, name. No, but well, maybe it, you can get the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, it like, definitely could look ornamental and uh, blingy. Mm, I'm about that. Yeah. Yeah, and then the other thing that I figured out recently actually was, uh, so I got a blood blood glucose intolerance test. Uh, yeah. Basically, basically they have you eat some shit, uh, some some sort of a sugary thing, and then you go in hooked up to an IV, and uh, at five different intervals after, they draw blood and they test what your blood sugar is, and they it's basically like how quickly does your body uh, dispose of glucose, like uh-huh. how how quickly do you deal with it. Uh, and I found out that mine is not looking too good, bro. Not too good? Not too good. It's all that sugar you've been eating, bro. Huh? It's all that sugar you're eating. Yeah, I know. I I think the Ray Pete uh, solution for this is to just like spam more ice cream sugar at it or something like that. some ice cream. I think the uh, conventional medicine uh, approach to this is to not. So I'm going to have to play around with both. And the unfortunate thing with most sort of insulin-related metabolic syndromes is that like, there's not a great way for you to do home monitoring, right? They they have the better test now with the the, the non finger prick one or like the, the like the automatic finger prick ones. Yeah, it's I but you have to be okay with needles and shit. It sucks though. No, I just don't. I don't have any of those machines, and I maybe I'll get them. But uh, my mom had it for gestational diabetes. So like when she got pregnant. Hmm. So like that happens to people. So like when you hear people who have like 10 pound babies, it's because they have gestational diabetes and then it like goes away when they're done being pregnant. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's almost, like almost always the, like the super heavy babies are because of that. Yeah. No, because I've, I've really been wanting to, uh, I don't know, I've, I've really been wanting to play around with insulin some just because it's clear that it's one of those things that uh, drives a lot of things, like a lot of processes in the human body. But like, and it's a very common, like, norm, like, normies know what insulin is. Normies do not yeah. know what progesterone is, right? Like, it's probably one of the most common hormones ever. And Yeah, uh, especially in our fast society. No, yeah, everyone knows about insulin to some degree. Yeah, and it, it's like a system that can be optimized in a lot of ways that we have a lot of data on, right? Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of studies that a lot of different, uh, you know, like, even, like, countries, societies, etc., have done relating to insulin and how to uh, use it to like unfuck yourself. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. seems that it's implicated in a lot also like, uh, you know, diabetes and stuff like that comes almost always with some sort of vascular disorder because of what I was saying before about how elevated blood sugar causes inflammation, which winds up causing fibrosis in your, your vascular system, your blood vessels, your heart, etc. Interesting. I need to go to these tests myself. I know. We, we should go and we should use all of the podcast funding to uh, buy like a, a, a diabetic blood monitor. That'd be sick. I mean, I kind of do. I mean, I, I for a second there, I don't have diabetes, but I think for a second there, I had like a, I went in one time and they said I have pre-diabetic, but then I yeah, went away. Yeah, pre-diabetic is always But I don't even know what that fun. means. I, I mean, I, I guess it's just your sugar level. I think, I, but I also ate right before I went in. So I don't know if that even counted. I, that might have been fake, but. You never know. That is the other really funny thing with all of these like extremely acutely dependent hormones. You know, it's like everyone is like, oh, like what's your T levels? But like if you test your T levels at any point during the day, like 
you know, you go in and you get like a blood test in the morning. You're going to be like twice as high as if you do it like right before bed, right? Yeah, they, we were on the 24-hour cycle. Our, our T levels tank at night. Yeah. My T levels especially. I can tell my T levels right now. About 100 NG over DL, man. My fucking T levels drop. That's when I start talking to these girls, having these emotional conversations and DMs. That's, it's, it's always at like 3 a.m. Really? That's, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it is true though. I wake up, I wake up in the morning. I'm like, yo, fuck these bitches I'm in like, the morning. Yeah, I'm like, damn, dude, let's fucking do some work. I'm fucking torqued. I'm fucking ready to, I'm, I'm ready to log on to Telegram and hammer out some work, right? Yep. And, uh, and then you come down and it's like, you know, it, it's getting to be about like midnight and you're just like, let me just, let me just, uh, cur- curl up in a ball under my covers and talk to some girl on the phone for three hours. <laughs> yeah tell about me about, what a hard day i had yeah tell me about your day <laughs> yeah god when he gets older he won't sound like this anymore right